Faulkner here and you're listening to the New Zealand Property Management Podcast. It's uh, quite an eventful time for everyone, not just in New Zealand uh, within the property management industry, but around the globe. And uh, what we've decided to do, we're going to try and increase the amount of podcasts that we do while this period is going on. And uh, we've been in touch with quite a few people around the world to see if they're prepared to just share a few experiences about what they're going through in dealing with this uh, coronavirus and, and the impact that it has on the industry. But we also want to talk about uh, other things as well, other topics which are going on um, throughout property management outside of this. And uh, we're very kind to have a very old friend of ours. He's not that old, actually, but he's, we've known him for a, quite a wee while now. But uh, Frank Webster from... Uh, the UK, Frank, who's uh, formerly of Finders Keepers, out now doing a lot of consultancy work. And Frank joins us from Oxford in England. Hello, Frank. How are you? Hello, David. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, it's a tricky, tricky time. And uh, but it's good to speak to you. Um, hopefully we can share some experiences. Because um, uh, I think you're running slightly behind events uh, in Europe. Um, so... Yeah, we we need to explore what's going on, don't we? Yeah, we do, we do, we do, and we really appreciate you um, giving time out to to join us. So, I mean, just to get an insight as to what's it, what it's like living in the UK at the moment. I mean, you know, what do you do? I mean, because obviously, I mean, it seems like the whole country it appears to be shutting down. The schools are closing down. It, reading that London's got to shut down today. What what's what's it like there? Well, it's um, an evolving situation every day, really. Um, I don't think we're quite as bad yet as in poor old Italy, which is really, really struggling. Um, but yeah, it looks like London uh, is probably the first to shut down. We've got uh, the tubes being used just for key workers. Um, looks like the military are literally about to uh, come and help, um, which is reassuring, I think. Um We've got uh, army guys being trained to drive oxygen tankers. Um, you know, th this is quite serious. So uh, I think, you know, I'm glad I'm not somebody in government at the moment, but, you know, literally every day uh, they're having to, you know, announce uh, and make decisions. Yesterday it was that the schools are closing. So all schools throughout the UK will close this week um, and they're going to stop any of the normal examinations. Um, so that's a big shock. And quite impacted for the children and the teachers but of course you know um everything is being worked out on a day-by-day on -day basis uh we brits seem to go slightly mad whenever we've got something uh like this or well, we've never had this before but a big event happening and everybody's raided the shops so there's mm. nothing on the shelves um so i hope that is going to sort itself out um and they're, they're literally closing cafes uh in the supermarkets and um, meat counters are closing and stuff so that the supermarkets can focus on stocking the shelves overnight. Um, I hopefully that'll calm down. Um, there's plenty of food available, but people I think are being a little bit selfish, but it's quite scary. Um, yeah, at the moment we're allowed to move around, but I'm expecting next week or so that they might just put a blanket ban, um, you know, on everybody moving around. And can we find you. See. So the, the, you can still go out for a walk, or you can go out into the country, or whatever. And, and uh, you know, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, um, there's great precautions being taken for those who are, um, you know, uh, in not a great health and the elderly. So everybody over seventy now should be uh, staying indoors and uh, keeping yeah. at a distance, um, and so on and so forth. So 
yeah um it's 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 um it's a difficult time but you know i think everybody's trying to focus there's a great deal of community support going on yeah. uh, certainly in the road i live in we're looking out for those that are now self-isolating or just staying at home and um helping to walk people's dogs and so on and so forth so yeah i mean you know it's a bit of a warlike type uh, mentality but we are at war with this virus we are we are yeah i, I completely agree with you i mean we're, we're probably a few weeks behind uh, where you are um i mean i think our geographical location has kind of helped us a wee bit uh, we, we as you know we're talking now and by the time this goes to where our borders would have been closed to, to to foreign visitors i mean it's decimated obviously tourism which has been hugely impacted places like queenstown uh very very sad you know people just being laid off straight away because you know I mean, it's, it, that's a town just dependent on, on tourism mm. and a lot of New, New Zealand is, is, is dependent on, on tourism. So can I ask Frank, I mean, you know, what are, what are property management companies actually physically doing? They're obviously not going into the offices I'm presuming now or, or you know, what's the situation there on the ground? Well, it's a bit of a mix. Some offices are still open. Um, so I suspect in London that that's changing. But certainly here in Oxford, um, where I'm speaking to you from, uh, agents are still running uh, with limited staff. Uh, predominantly, most staff have started to work from home. I think it's fair to say uh, quite a few agencies probably weren't geared up to um, have home working because you know we're a service industry, as you well know. So you know it's not common for uh, property managers and letting agents in the UK to be working from home. Um, so I think a lot of companies have really had to um, act very quickly to find. Uh, enough laptops uh, and to set up, you know, um, uh, sort of protocols to be working at home. So um, that's certainly now happening and changing, I think, as we're being encouraged by UK government to uh, pretty much everybody's being encouraged to work from home. So, yeah, I think basically uh, I've been talking to quite a few um, and everybody's doing two things. One is not panicking. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, it's important to keep everything in perspective and focus on facts and not fear. Um, and I think people are going to look ever more so at property managers to to be there to help them. Um, so most uh, property managers are actually writing and updating regularly their landlords and their tenants. Um, most have stopped, um, in fact, all and everybody has stopped routine property management inspections uh, because, as you'll soon know, if your government haven't, you know, it's about keeping away from one another at the moment and protecting one another and to do that that means avoiding close proximity contact so Mm. you wouldn't be carrying out check-ins at the moment you wouldn't be carrying out inspections um and you'd probably only be carrying out inventory inventory checkouts if indeed you know people have actually vacated the property so um lots of sort of um planning really so that everybody can continue to operate from home so i mean i mean it's the most i imagine almost tenant movement must have come down to almost a standstill wouldn't it frank or, or you know i mean what all that yeah, I mean, donkey what, work is probably finished really well i think everybody's sort of trying to put a positive uh, you know, and use these obstacles as opportunities. So uh, a lot of agents have been doing uh, virtual tours of properties, yeah. uh, quickly visiting any of the empty available properties that they were trying to let. I mean, hopefully good agents haven't got too many empty stock. So some tenants have been contacted a week or so ago and they've been going in quickly doing videos. 
um, so that we can at least keep some sort of continuity going, showing uh, property. Obviously, all the properties are up on portals. Um, you know, even I've heard recently some people were ordering Uber taxis to pick up people to take on viewings um, to empty properties, and the Uber driver was coming to collect the keys. Um, you know, I mean, it's quite interesting how we humans, um, uh, you know, engineer and evolve yeah. around these things. But yeah, certainly the biggest issue for both sales agents, uh, particularly sales at the moment, but letting agents is obviously the movement of people. Um, in Oxford, of course, is a place where we have uh, visitors and particularly academic visitors, but professional visitors all year round and particularly, you know, things would be starting to gear up at this time of the year um, as well. So, uh, you know, that that's tricky. Um, so the pipeline is sort of going to be a bit tight. I think everybody here is focused on sort of keeping um, everybody focused so that um, we're able to deal with all the calls and the uh, any worries that people have got. So there's a shortlist being drawn up of uh, who are vulnerable tenants, uh, maybe some elderly tenants, um, and what help they might need. And I think this is where property managers can really score because, you know, we have got contractors. We are still able to be mobile to a certain extent. Um, we can be speaking to any tenants and landlords that might be uh, worried and uh, wanting, you know, to be reassured. Um, you know, so there's plenty to do. It's a great time to ring landlords and find out a little bit more about them because yeah. they're at home now um, and, you know, they're not chasing around uh, at work and being distracted. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to keep in touch with them and uh, get all the property managers to be to be ringing them. So, so can I ask what's happened with um, with rents? I mean, because obviously when, when people stop working or there's obviously got to be job losses, um, particularly you know, in a place like Oxford, with with such a big demand on tourism and the university, are rents coming backwards now, or are they holding? What what's what's the what's happening? Well, it, it's sort of um, uh, you know updating every day. And indeed, yesterday, um, our uh, trade body, ARLA, which is the Association yeah. of Residential Letting Agents, has been lobbying government um, and several. Uh, other bodies, including tenant groups and landlord groups, have all been asking government, you know, what is going to happen? Because clearly people now are in a situation where finance has become very strained. Um, you know, uh, hourly workers, in fact, you know, all that, their work has suddenly stopped. So it's a very serious situation. First of all, in the UK, a couple of days ago, the mortgage companies for owners of properties on mortgages and help to buy, we have a scheme here to help purchasers on the ladder. There's been a holiday, um, sort of mortgage holiday granted um, for three months uh, to get everybody through that period. So building site is just really extending the length of people's mortgages. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's some wriggle room there. Um, and then yesterday it was announced that they're rushing through legislation uh, in emergency legislation um, to sort of as a radical package of measures to protect renters and landlords, um, which is several fold. First of all, all uh, eviction processes will be suspended. So no tenant in the UK has to worry during the period uh, of the virus um, to be worried about, you know, being evicted. So no new court proceedings um, and uh, that's social and private rented. Uh, and they've also introduced some protection for landlords and buy-to-let landlords who are, have mortgage finance. And there's another three month payment holiday introduced. And what they're offering or suggesting is that 
they're going to extend the pre-action protocol that you might well have in New Zealand where you're meant to you know show the courts uh, if there is a dispute uh, that's arisen that you know you've taken actions to sort of try and resolve that mm. um, so there's lots of work being undertaken which we'll get more news off as to how after the three-month period if there are debts and the landlord's still wanting to um, proceed with a, an eviction when it's uh, legally allowed so, to that there'll be some sort of process where you know landlords hopefully you know will look at things slightly differently yeah. um, and give everybody a bit more time um, I mean in case of um, where you're talking here about what they're doing with, with the evictions or that no one's allowed to be evicted uh, 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 I'm presuming here that people are still paying rent Frank I mean they're, they're not are there going to be cases where people may try and just abuse this and say oh right we can't afford anymore we're not going to pay I think there is concern in the landlord groups uh, exactly that David that you know we now will see people freeloading on to that um, I think it's just just unknown at the moment you know we have never been in this situation before i mean the government's motto is whatever it takes yeah and uh, on a radio station yesterday they kept playing um the new chancellor's uh, sentence that he said whatever it takes and he said it several times and at the moment as you can see in france and other places governments are literally just making it up as they go along and doing what they think is the best strategy having never ever been in this situation so i think you know, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, the, the damage and devastation sort of at the end of it. Or will humans, you know, be more human? Will common sense prevail? Um, you know, will landlords, you know, take a slightly different view than they may ordinarily have done so? Obviously, finances is difficult if you are a landlord with a mortgage or, you know, landlords have got expenses. Um, you know, but this is a new, never before situation. So... I'll keep you posted. I think we're going to try and update one another regularly. Well, we'll keep, so yeah, I think keep it's in, yeah, I think there's some shared learning here, and particularly because you're a few, probably a few weeks ahead of the curve there than, than, than what we are, and it gives us a, a great anticipation to see what what we can expect to to evolve here. Um, so, in terms of well, you know, sorry to interrupt, one thing I think we have got here, and I'm sure you have as well, but over a period of time. Um, landlords have been taking extra insurance out to protect yeah. uh, themselves in the event of a tenant not paying or being able to pay, pay their rent. Um, so there's a lot more packages offered by property managers and letting agents to landlords when they when they become a landlord. Um, and indeed, just on that point, I, I think this will now be a game changer yeah. ongoing for the industry. Um, and we've been talking to government as an industry about looking at insurance to resolve a lot of issues for landlords and tenants. So uh, equally, um, uh, there's insurance packages that tenants uh, can take out. And since the tenant fee ban, uh, obviously agents have been endeavouring to you know, produce extra income and have been selling uh, insurance packages to tenants um, or advising them to take out, I should say, packages, uh, which cover them for redundancy or loss of income, mm. obviously for a limited period. But it's it's something I it dawned on me when I sort of stepped out of the main day to day and became a consultant that the answer to a lot of our issues in property management is to use insurance. Yeah, yeah. So if the tenant is insured and the landlord is insured against most of these eventualities, the only thing you can't insure against is fair wear and tear. Yeah. So that's absolutely expected. But um, if you can insure against most eventualities, first of all, you don't have the disputes at the end of tenancies because the tenant would yep. simply make a claim on their insurance. 
Uh, landlords have the peace of mind. Agents and property managers are less stressed and they can work with um, landlords more and spend more time with upgrading the properties and not dwelling on going to housing courts. Yeah. So yeah. what so, do you think when we come yeah. this? So no bonds. So what are you saying there, Frank, is that there's no need to like over here, we've got our bond system where we collect four weeks bond instead of you know messing with that. Um, we, we instead we take out insurance. Tenants take out insurance, which will protect them from from certain things. That you, I don't know how much it would be. You probably add it onto the rent a little bit. Could be potentially, and you know, and if they lose um, employment or whatever in the situation, it's got to protect them for a period of time with rent. Yeah, I mean, my son's just um, applying at the moment for a mortgage to buy a property. And um, part of the discussion with the advisor was about taking out some protection in case um, of a critical illness. And it's very common when you buy a property to have uh, some sort of insurance policy. Um, it won't pay out quite the full amount, but it pays out pretty much most of the amount. And, and you know, it actually the premium, particularly if you're a younger person, is actually not too bad at mm. all. Um, so it's been something evolving since the tenant fee ban and government reduced deposits to a maximum restriction of five weeks rent over here. Uh, but what's called zero deposit. So yeah. zero deposit, I think a tenant pays about a week's rent as a premium. Um, but it means that they're not having to provide the five week deposit. It's not sitting there for a year or two years yeah. uh, doing absolutely nothing. It's, you know, it's money that's back in the economy. And at the end of the tenancy, there are ground rules. Um, you know, a good agent will be inspecting and checking the property. It's not an excuse to go mad at the end of the tenancy because you're insured. Um, it's early days, but I think that's probably going to continue to become the norm. Um, you know, and governments actually take a, I don't know if they do in New Zealand, but governments take a premium uh, insurance tax uh, here. So right. the more insurance policies that are sold, of course, uh, so you know, the more the government makes out of it. So yeah. in, watch this space. In New Zealand, they collect the bonds and they just sit there in a, in a government coffers account, and, and the pays a fair bit of interest, which kind of pays um, the operational costs of tenancy services or goes a fair way. I mean, they've increased a lot of um, resources into that recently because we got things such as healthy homes, and which we can touch on a bit. Now, can we just talk about you know going through? You, you, you've said that you know people aren't allowed to inspect houses, people aren't allowed to to go into houses now. How how are you getting around that problem uh, in the UK? I mean, because someone's things are still going to break, Frank, aren't they? I mean, you know, this virus isn't going to stop for repairs and maintenance. Well, again, you know, I think all this stuff we're going to look back and. Um you know, I know sadly people are passing away and, and, and it's not a great situation, it's very serious, but I think we will get, we're absolutely certain we're going to get through this and we will take learnings. So business interruption for businesses, you know, if we weren't ready, we're going to need to be ready. As we just talked about, you know, insurance policies, I think we'll be looking at sort of ring fencing things more with insurance policies. Um, and, um, you know, we'll look at ways of handling repairs better. So in this country, we've been using software much better uh, in the property management industry. Um, and uh, the software providers have, have been giving tools for agents to um, improve the ease of which tenants can, uh, you know, contact the agent using photography um, and software uh, and an app to report any faults. So a lot of agents are already using that um, here. So property managers have that um system and that will now really come into its own because 
uh, you know, even working from home, you will see in the morning the issue that the uh, tenant has uh, reported. Yeah. Um, there's, a good, there's a good reason for that over here. We have something called the Deregulation Act, which is another one of the many, many pieces of legislation that have been pouring into uh, property management and letting over the last few years. But there is a time limit um, how quickly uh, landlords and their agents must effect repairs. Yeah. And at least by having the um, digital stamp that comes in through this software, you can say when the um, exactly when the report was made of the fault and when you dealt with it. So, so, so is that fixed? Is that fixed? Is that fixed flow, Frank? Is that the company called Fixed Flow, which which yeah, does a lot of versions? Yeah, I mean that's one very well known one, but that that it's just a piece of software. But there are all sorts of other software companies that have. Uh, you know, copied that as you'd expect, and and um, I mean, many years ago uh, we introduced it where I used to work at Finance Keepers. It was just a simple email, yeah. um, you know. So we, you know, the facility for tenants to report online has has been there, you know, for a very long time. But obviously, with the advancing technology, um, you know, so two ways of looking at it. One way, um, if I was a property manager at home at the moment and I haven't had a chance, I would be recording some YouTube videos showing tenants how they might fix a few things quite easily, such as resetting electrical yeah. switches that have a habit of tripping, um, you know, just double checking filters on washing machines and trying to mitigate and reduce some of the sorts of silly things that sometimes, you know, especially when we're in a state of hyper alert, we might not uh, think clearly. So I think some helpful guides, you know, can be put up there on a YouTube yeah. channel. That, that, that's going to be something property managers can do. You know, Frank, I mean, this is what's happened basically in what has probably been the most chaotic week in our industry's um, history. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I kind of became aware of, of, after reading a really good article in the New Zealand Herald about the concerns of if this got rife in New Zealand, um, what it would do. In, in, in particularly in places like South Auckland, where we've got issues around, you know, it's Maori, it's Pacifica. Uh, there's issues around health, obesity, diabetes. Mm -hmm. There's issues around overcrowding. There's issues around the quality of housing. It's not that great. And and if it got hold there, it could be quite it could be catastrophic. Frank, I mean, it it it, it would not be good. So that got well, me. Then, yeah, go on. Well, say so it's a big legal issue at the moment because, as I'm sure your um, residential tenants is out, we have. Uh, our Housing Act, and under the Housing Act, the Section 11, um, 1985 Landlord and Tenant Act requires a landlord to get on and fix structural issues. Um, and um, at the moment, there's no change to that legislation uh, during the virus period. Uh, so, what if um, there is a problem and um, the uh, contractor isn't allowed in because the tenant's self isolating, um, yet the landlord is then effectively? Uh, in, in default breach. because you've not carried out the repair. So at the moment there's no change to that and our professional body is lobbying government for some answers uh, on whether they're going to make any dispensation during that period. But I think, you know, landlords have to mitigate that, agents have to mitigate that potential at the moment. It's a 14-day self-isolation, um, you know, unless there's sort of matter of life and death, which we would be calling 999 over here, yeah. the emergency services. I, you know, I think people are getting a little bit over sort of hung up. The key is going to have plenty of contractors. Um, and actually, one thing I've been encouraging property management companies to do is to, if you're not already working from home, to have at least one of your property managers 
um, working from home away from the office just in case um, you know others catch that and have to be self-isolating you've got one property manager who can function you know, literally functioning yeah very very good very good advice I mean th- these are some of the things that I think could evolve out of this and and, and I mean, it's funny because I was interviewed by Property Investor Magazine here and, and um, only a couple of days ago and I was saying look you know we saw the greatest leaps in technology was around World War Two, and, and 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 from from very basic, you know, planes or whatever. Then you get radar, then you end up having rockets in, in in such a very short space of time. I can see yeah. over this period of six, seven, eight, however however long it takes, the jumps that we will see towards technology. Um, I mean. One of the things I think we may even see, and I've had a couple of people contact me about this, is is about tenants actually physically doing. And you saw Will Alexander speak about this at our conference when you were here, basically twelve months ago, uh, of the ability yeah. for tenants to to film their own inspections, like what I'm doing here with you now. You're you know halfway around the world. I can see perfectly clearly around you know your living room. And they'll be able to highlight these. This needs fixing. This needs fixing. You can take a screenshot using maintenance yeah. apps like Tappy. That then goes straight through to the contractor, landlords involved in what's going on. I mean, that's the type of thing um, that we're going to see evolve from this. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, evolve is is the right word. And our industry has been evolving, albeit slowly. And you know, all these things will just advance it. You're quite right. You know, I think a tenant can um, FaceTime or you know, Skype any issues and talk to the property managers direct. Um, you know, I'm a great advocate of the telephone. So, you know, let's just get speaking to one another uh, again, instead of sending texts and what have you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll work these things through. There's no point and clearly as a health risk in doing inspections at no. the moment because you know, we're being encouraged to stay away. So I can't for the like of me think why any agent would think that's sensible. Indeed, most agents have already written to landlords and tenants here to say that, you know, they won't be carrying out any physical uh, or sort of you know one to one face to face meetings and coming into people's properties at the moment, yeah. you know, other than for emergencies. So, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a, a period where the owners of the property management companies, um, you know, really now need to give sort of leadership and, and strong direction. Um, so um, I think you know staff need regular updates if they're working from home. They need. Uh, you know, short-term sort of focus and various conferences, you know, catch-ups during the day, so that um, you know, you know, they're supported and, and yeah. their morale uh, is maintained. Yeah, you got to keep them focused, haven't you, Frank? You got to keep them busy. This is one of the things I said to some of the companies that I just do that consultancy work with here. Is you know, even little projects like right, okay, so we're not going to be doing inspections for a wee while. Uh, the viewings are going to slow down. Let's look at doing things like let's build some policies, procedures. Let's look at some marketing campaigns that we can potentially get underway. Um, one of the things we have seen, Frank, is a lot of Airbnb uh, convert converts back to to long term, which I think actually is a bloody good thing because you know that's exasperated uh, our renting crisis to a to a degree with a lot of landlords just going there's too much like legislation to deal with with the residential tenancies act now let's put it on airbnb i don't have to answer to anybody yeah i think that's a good point and uh, all these things what goes around comes around and i think um i don't know over in i think you do have some non-managed um uh, sort of work going on in New Zealand where the the agent would provide a let only service. Do you have that in New Zealand? It's slowed down ever since really the letting fee ban, and I actually think the letting fee ban. I mean, you've gone through it, we've gone through it. 
Um, I think it's one of the better things that happened to our industry. I've always felt that it shouldn't be the tenant who pays for it. The other thing that we're seeing over here, Frank, and it's interested to just moving away now from um, the crisis that what we're facing, uh, but looking at beyond that, I mean, it's, it'd be interesting to get your point of view. We're seeing some changes coming through here, which is going to be allowing tenants to make minor modifications uh, to the property. Um, they're, they're going to be able to, um, you know, the 90-day no-cause eviction, which you've got your Section 21, which is basically the same thing, where you've allowed to just give the tenant a notice without reason. That's going to be gone. That's been highly, highly controversial. All types of concerns around um, getting rid of antisocial tenants, neighbours being too scared to come forward, uh, issues around lengthy delays in tenancy tribunal. What's your take on you know the removal of the Section 21 uh, in the UK? Yeah, there's been one of the biggest consult uh, the government consulted as they shouldn't do on these things, and it's one of the largest number of responses that a government consultancy has ever had here. Right. So, not unsurprisingly. Um, Sadly, uh, we're always sort of seemingly behind the Scots. Yeah. <laughs> and in Scotland, they've already removed that ability. Um, and I think, you know, from what I can gather, it's not having uh, as massive an effect as everybody feared. Um, I think it is the devil in the detail as usual. So over here, we don't quite have the structure you have with housing courts. We, are, we clearly have courts and, and um, courts have evolved to deal with uh, sort of residential tenancy disputes, but not quite to the extent you have. So what we've been promised here, if the government do make adjustments and remove the Section 21 eviction ability, um, there will be other ways that a landlord can have the uh, categoric assurance that they will be able to repossess their property. Um, and it will need to be speeded up and there'll need to be uh, people in the courts who know what they're talking about and can deal with these specific issues so there'll be a separate housing court being mm. set up in the uk um so i think we're a little bit of a while away but what the government's are trying to do is clearly balance and make it sort of slightly fairer as a, as a society we've evolved and more of us are renting through choice and through necessity and I, I think what they want to see is obviously protection for the owner who's taken the risk to acquire that property in the first place but equally balance that um with sort of more fairness Although I think it's often misunderstood because the statistics in this country are that 90 plus percent of tenancies are ended by tenants. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Not land. Yeah, it'd be the same here. It'd be the same here. And um, I mean, on that, with, with our tribunal, I mean, it's great having that we've got a tenancy tribunal, but one of the issues, some of the issues we have, Frank, is the inconsistency of some of the decisions which are made by uh, adjudicators around New Zealand. I think we, we could measure the performance very easily because you've got. We've got about 15,000 tenancy tribunal cases a year, so it should be quite easy to track the decisions which are being made. And I also think the ideas that you come up there with insurance, um, God, that would remove so many wasteful disputes at the end of a tenancy. The, the, the times you go to tribunal for, you know, $100, and, and you just, I mean, it costs you about four or $500 to prepare for the bloody case. It's, its you know, other things as well. It's like rent arrears. I'd like to see rent arrears moved away from from tribunals so what you just go you know quickly back to to the situation that you've got there what is happening with disputes between tenants and landlords at the moment with such a, a situation that you've got in in the uk and what we've got finance around the world yeah i mean uh 
I think what's going to happen is, is it's going to slow up quite a bit. Clearly, if there are um, the courts, you know, would just clearly sort of almost grind to a halt at the moment. So, I mean, what this country's done is to try and make um, most of the disputes between landlords and tenants dealt with uh, before they get to court. So we've had a separate um, arrangement of adjudication with three uh, approved schemes where there are qualified adjudicators. And I would say we've got that pretty good. And they published all the data. Um, the adjudicators are very well trained. They're from within the industry or, um, you know, they've had experience in different uh, industries of adjudication. Um, and, you know, normally it's on things like cleaning deductions and dilapidation deductions. Um, the rent arrear ones are sort of fairly sort of straightforward. Yeah. You know, the rent's either owing or not. Yeah. Um, and everybody's been encouraged not to go to the court. So once a decision has been made by the tenancy deposit uh, adjudicator, um, it's become quite normal here that most people would accept the the findings. Or you know, and agents have got I think much better at trying to stop cases going to the adjudicator because they're like an insurance premium. They end up paying a little bit more for yeah. um, the service if they have plenty of cases. Um, so, you know, most agents are training their staff. In fact, the judic adjudicators have actually been going into companies and training the property managers on, on how to minimise the, what the a dispute. Good, what a good idea. What a good idea. What a simple idea as well. I mean, you know, just, yeah, I mean, that's an excellent idea, Frank. It's not perfect, but it has, you know, reduced a lot of the sort of issues where a poor magistrate in the courts was sitting there listening to an argument over a stain on a carpet when he had a lot more serious issues to yeah. to deal with. So, um, but I think, you know, even better still, um, you know, let's look at a way of more moving forward with insurance um, playing a much greater part in, in property management. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just to finish off, Frank, it's been, you know, it's been great having you again. And uh, thanks for getting up so early. Um, I mean, what do you do with your days now, Frank? I mean, you can't exactly drive yeah. into real estate offices and property management offices. I mean, I'm kind of facing a similar dilemma because so much of my time was spent flying around um, New Zealand. The kids have actually started to learn my name again. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. And there's another plus side to all this that we will see and spend a bit more time, you know, with our families. Um, yeah, I mean, what I've been doing is sort of giving um, advice to agents to try and gear up, not for this event, nobody could have foreseen this, but to try and gear up and use a better balance of making sure that the technology is doing more of the mundane for us. I mean, pretty much over here now, most of the pre-tenancy vetting, referencing, um, all the work uh, involved, including inventory preparation, the virtual viewings, we've been doing virtual viewings for ages in Oxford so that tenants haven't got to get on an aeroplane and uh, come all the way from San Francisco, you know, to see a property. So that's all semi-robotic, sadly, in a way, because I'm a it's a people industry. Um, but it is now, you know, much easier to convey a tenancy transaction online. Um, what we we're also focused on is to get the staff that are doing less of all that mundane stuff to be much more able to help put a roof over people's heads. Yeah. By that, what I mean is to train all our staff so that they're. They're dealing with a first-time buyer or first-time renter. You know, they're, they're qualified to make the right decision and put people in the right property, knowing the legislation, you know, whether it's affordable housing, social housing, private rented, etc. And then with the property managers, 
I think that word will become old fashioned and that we're moving forward to calling our property managers asset managers mm. so that there's more focus uh, on uh, speaking to their clients, uh, actually meeting with their clients when we can all meet again and um, encouraging their clients to either buy more property, refurbish the property, improve the yield uh, and just actually you know, act as that trusted advisor instead of running around you know, with tenancy disputes as we've just been talking about. Um, worrying about answering emails for reports uh, on, on faults, which are, you know are now more dealt with through a better system. So, I think systems and processes, and you know that that's what I've been helping agents with, and making everything transparent. So, you know, we see our bank accounts, we see our pension statements. Obviously, nobody mm. wants to look at their pension or bank account at the moment, no, but it is accessible. Yeah, it's accessible, um, and you know we need to show everything that we're doing as property managers. Uh, show our landlords, make it transparent, and then you know they can see what we are doing and adding value for the fee that we charge. Yeah. So, quite busy, and the industry at the moment is working very hard with government. So, I've got a conference at five o'clock today with Kate Faulkner, who's leading the charge, and we're talking to ministers and government ministers uh, about the evolution of the industry and becoming regulated. So, uh, and also the government need us to give them feedback, such as yesterday. You know, we were the ones feeding back to government saying, you know, you really need to think about mm. what's going to happen if people can't pay their rent. So, you know, much better collaboration with um, uh, industry and, and government. That's, um, that's what so, we've, yeah, 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 that's what we've got to be doing well now as well as talking to government and saying, look, you've got to get ready for a lot of defaults on rent here and um, we're not sure how we're going to tackle this yet anyway. And Kate Fortney, you said that's a good surname. That's a very good surname. Absolutely. No relation, Absolutely. I have to say. No relation. <laughs> the only other good, the only other good news here is that Eurovision has apparently been cancelled. Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. All right. So anyway, those Kiwis, those Kiwis probably won't know what we're talking about. Oh so no, no, we do. We, we do get it on. We do get it over there. We do see it on the. I don't think anyone would watch it. I mean, I certainly wouldn't watch it. But anyway, there you go. Anyway, Frank. So uh, listen, you know, from from everyone down here in, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, we're wishing everybody in the UK the best. I mean, I know what's going on. I'm talking to my parents who are poor bloody parents, hunked up in a house now for four months, not being able to leave. But um, yeah, look after yourself. Look after everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much for giving us your time today for the um, Real IQ Property Management Podcast. And we'll catch up with you probably in a three, four weeks' time to see how things are progressing. Cheers, yeah. Frank. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.